Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, with respect to Bellinger, like I'm, I'm like everyone else. We're just waiting. You know, we're waiting for um, whenever, uh, whenever he and his agent are going to engage. And, uh, you know, it could be... Could be any time now, or it could be a few weeks. We'll just see where it goes. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Tom Brickett's saying what everybody else is. We're just waiting for Cody Bellinger. And that is what we'll continue to do and see if there's any. Nah, we know there's no updates. But more so curious about what others think about the Cubs and their current state and what they're trying to sell their fan base. Uh, for that, we talked to our next guest, who joins us on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline uh, from Cubs Insider. It is Evan Altman, CircleLasVegas.com. Make sure you guys check that out. Evan, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Always always happy to join you guys. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again, Evan. Um, let's start with the current state of the Cubs sans Cody Bellinger. I think that – I guess my first question to you would be, you know, one, I know you're a real Cubs fan, so are you disappointed? <laughs> Two, uh, are you that happy that Craig Consul is here because you feel like he can make up whatever is lacking in the present? Yeah, it's it's so tough because you know my my immediate reaction to the council hire was not that that the Cubs felt oh we can win like the Brewers now, but it was hey we we feel like this is a part of something that, well, if he could do this with the Brewers, imagine what he could do with, you know, a team that's got greater financial might that can go out there and spend a little bit more on free agents. And, and while I, I do believe that they, they think he's a, you know, to use kind of a cliche at this point, a force multiplier, it, it is a little bit disappointing that, you know, to this point, they've really only made one major signing with Shota Imanaga and, when you lose the guy who was your best hitter last year and you haven't replaced that offense or even really done anything to appreciably come close to it, I think you do have to look at it and say, well, where's that all going to come from? Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a little disappointing that the roster didn't improve, especially given the state of the NL central, nobody else really got that much better. So um, boy, it feels like the door's wide open and, uh, and the Cubs don't really feel like kicking it down. So the, the destination for, Cody Bellinger, does that does that end up impacting how big of a missed opportunity you may view this as? Like if, if Bellinger goes somewhere that's going to be in direct competition with the Cubs, does that matter? Or is it just about whether or not the roster 
is is enhanced by bringing Cody Bellinger back. Like if, if he doesn't end up with the Cubs, will you be disappointed regardless, or will where he ends up impact your perception of it? You know, I think it's it's a matter of not only where he ends up, but but what's the cost? Uh. Um, you know, because to this point, we can look at it and say, you know, geez, the Cubs haven't made made a move; they haven't made an offer, but neither has anybody else. Um, so it it does feel like it, as much as I am loathe to necessarily agree with Tom Ricketts. And I don't want to say that I'm, I, I was really pleased to hear what he said. I don't, I don't even think that was necessary. And there were probably some things that he should have maybe left out just for the sake of PR, but you know, it's not like one of these situations like we've seen with maybe some of the other guys uh, who were out there landing these 300, 400, $700 million deals. We're like, okay, yeah, the Cubs were never going to do that. Um, but nobody is. And so if Bellinger ends up kind of settling and taking a, a shorter deal for a lot less money than maybe what he had initially anticipated, and it's not in Chicago uh, where everything seems like a good fit, I think that's where the disappointment comes in. Um, and then that gets worse if he is playing the Cubs multiple times a year and making them pay for it in a different way. We're talking to Evan Altman here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron hanging with you till nine o'clock. Um, I, I I I try to think about the rotation of the Chicago Cubs as well. You know, like most people are talking about, you know, a Cody Bellingerless squad, and I'm looking at the rotation and saying, okay, Sutton Monaga, I'm here for it, right? I'm here for you know a guy that comes in and dominates. But you know what? What are the what should the true expectations be? You know, whether that's you know where does he fit in that rotation, or you know you know again just true expectations for the season for a guy like Soda. Yeah, it's um it's really tough with a guy like this who, you know, we we've seen his stuff. Um, you know, you can look at the numbers that he put up in Japan. We we've, we've seen him against international competition in the World Baseball Classic. And um, you know, everything kind of centers around that fastball. Uh just a, a ton of ride on it. And that's what's what's always been interesting to me in looking at his stats and, and his results is this guy, you know, he's not a big, big guy, right? So his release point is lower than the average major leaguer, but his fastball finish is higher than the average major leaguer. So the, the guy gets elite ride. And it's in that regard, um, I mean, to cherry pick an example, it's, it's similar to a Justin Steele where the fastball isn't great because he's throwing it 100 miles an hour. It's great because it, it doesn't react. It doesn't behave the way the hitters think it's going to. And, you know, he can do some different things with it. So I'm very interested to see with, with Imanaga, how can he kind of counteract? Because we, there's always going to be a change, right, from one league to another. But he is a guy who gave up a lot of uh, homers in NPB where, you know, the slugging, there simply isn't as much power over there, right, if we just put it really bluntly. And so if he does kind of work too far down in the zone, there's a chance for some of these guys to continue to elevate against him. And so – how is he able to maybe change his sequencing a little bit? How do you come after that to make sure that the fastball, you know, he's not just a one-trick pony with that, that the splitter really does continue to play, that he can get a little bit more spin and, and work that in there. So I'm really, really interested to see early in spring training that we see a few different things from his pitch mix. And, you know, again, I just I want to see that fastball. I'm always interested in unique pitches, and, and he has one, so that should be pretty fun. And with that in mind, then, whether it's Imanaga or other players who are going to be on the staff, that's one area where I'm still very hopeful the Cubs will, will add another arm. But the guys actually you know, who will be 
playing out there day in and day out. That's where it seems to me Craig Council and his reputation as being a developer of talent, someone who maximizes what's on the roster, the force multiplier like you're referencing, that that should come into play. But how do you see the level of scrutiny that will be on him because of not only the big contract, but the roster that is now going to be bestowed upon him? If they don't add to it, will the expectation, I guess better yet, should the expectation still be that Craig Council finds a way to win at a high level because that's kind of how he's been perceived in Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's impossible to escape a, a pretty high level of expectation. Uh, as you noted, not only the fact that, you know, hey, he got this um, a, a contract that's not only huge, but but may end up kind of setting a trend, um, right? And And the fact that it's not as if, the Cubs just had a vacancy, right? They they fired a World Series hero in David Ross, who certainly, you know, was was not uh, entirely beloved by everybody as far as his managerial duties. But um, you know, he was still under contract, and so when you when you fire a guy to hire another one, there immediately is an expectation that things are going to improve, be it strategically or um, you know, in the win column. Um, but at the same time, as I noted earlier, right, everybody can look at it. And I think Bellinger stands out as, as kind of the top end of this. But um, there are a couple of other areas. You mentioned maybe another arm in there. Uh, they, they haven't really gone out. We saw, you know, Hector Neris, I think, great addition to the bullpen. But they still kind of have that average-ish feel across that pen. There, isn't, uh, they, there aren't all those guys, you know, Jed Hoyer talked about buying certainty to an extent, and we, we have not seen them do that. So, um, you know, I think he maybe gets a little bit of a pass on this, Craig Council does, because of the, the moves that the front office has made or, or maybe has not made would be more important. But he is definitely going to be scrutinized when it comes to how the young guys are played and, and what kind of consistency do we see there, what moves is he making in the bullpen. Um, those are things that every Cubs manager, every manager out there in general gets. But I, I think Council is absolutely going to get his uh, his fair share of uh, backseat managing when it comes to the moves that he makes, uh, especially early on, you know, as they're getting out of the gate. Evan Altman is the editor-in-chief of Cubs Insider. He's our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, you can find him on X at D. Evan Altman. What does that look like throughout the season? Because like you mentioned, the, the backseat managing, that, that is going to happen and began happening a lot with Rossi over the last couple of seasons as the expectations were ramped up on him with the Cubs. So from Craig Council's perspective, what are the types of things that, you know, because it, it feels like the role of the baseball manager is viewed very differently than the head coach in the majority of other sports that we discuss, where it seems like, you know, the notion is that they don't impact the wins and losses in the way that coaches in other leagues do. But in what ways can a manager, the caliber of Craig Council, throughout the full scope of a season, how does he go about trying to impact wins and losses in this enhanced way over what we think about your standard baseball manager? Yeah, I think and, and he's, he's spoken to this a few times, and I, I found it really interesting. And, and, you know, he's certainly going to be more humble in a, in a public setting, but he – as he talked to Jed Hoyer, said, well, if you're hiring me to be this master strategist, you know, who, who wins games with just the moves that I make, uh, then I'm not the right guy. Don't hire me. Um, but he's really talked about building a culture, um, getting to know all these players. And I, and I, I don't want to say that David Ross did not, but if we look at the things that 
council almost always seemed, and maybe this is from the outside, right? If we're not as close to it every day, but he really seemed to be able to make the right moves with that pitching staff. I and mean, we saw the Brewers more from a team that really rode the bullpen in a huge way and didn't really have a, a ton of talent in that starting rotation to one that had three ace-type pitchers and really was able to ride that with a bullpen that maybe wasn't as strong. They had an offense that was tremendous with Ryan Braun in his prime and, and Christian Yelich winning MVPs. And then that flipped over to an offense that, that couldn't hit its way out of a wet paper bag at times. So he, he does feel like someone who it's not like he's got this dogmatic approach to it, right? To where he's just going to run the same lineup out there every day, put guys in the same place and just kind of hope that it works. I think he's got a, a really good feel for where his players at, not, are, are at not just from a talent standpoint, but in terms of just where they are, you know, mentally at this point, who needs a break here? And is that physical? Is that just a psychological thing? How can we move these pieces around to put these guys in the best position to succeed? And that's really hard to quantify, but, but it feels like that's the area where maybe he can do a little bit of a better job of just, again, putting guys in the right place to succeed at the right time. And there's going to be a lot of success needed for this Cubs team. And if it's not Cody Bellinger, just trying to see who they're going to add during the season, whether it's moving some some young pieces or, you know, maybe a couple of these minor league signings that they made last night uh, will come out and pay off. Hey, Evan, appreciate you jumping on and giving us uh, some of your knowledge uh, this evening. Hey, thanks a lot again for having me. I appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of your show. Thanks, Evan. Evan Altman hanging out with us here on 670. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, and – It just feels like it feels icky because, you know, we hear it a lot in Chicago sports where it's like, oh, owners don't care about the fans because butts are in the seats, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And then you get to this point where, you know, I mean, and I get it. The Cubs are probably trying to do everything in in their power to put a better product on the field. I want to say that first. I don't doubt that one second. I've I've have a newfound love for this team over the last couple of years and what management has been able to do because of management, right? So I want to start by saying that, but it feels icky because it's like, you tricked me. You Mm -hmm. told me we were were decent, and you were making all these moves, believing that we were no longer some bottom-feeding team, that we were now a team that makes the playoffs. Every move the Cubs made last year made me think that. Mm -hmm. And then to start the season – to not have some key pieces, at least to make the lateral movement from one year to the next, to not have those pieces, and to then just be like, hey, bro, we got this new manager. Remember those young guys that didn't do anything last year? They're going to be really good this year. <laughs> and or if not, we can move them for something. But everybody just chill, relax. Everything's going to be all good. That's what I hear. Every, everybody relax, chill. It's going to be all good. And it's so like, So far, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's frustrating simply because I've gotten sucked in as a non-Cubs fan over mm-hmm. the last two years because I felt the snowball growing. And I'm like, this is cool. I like watching this firsthand of a team going from being bad to being good and and continuing to grow their squad. And then it was like somebody hit the brakes. (laughs) And they're like, I was just playing. Oh, you thought? No, 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 no. We're still staying right here where we're at. I mean, the, I, I suppose the methodical approach operating with a level of kind of reserved aggression, controlled aggression, that speaks to me that that's kind of my mode that I like to roll in. And so I I try to provide some patience in these scenarios, but I do get it though. 
I get it from from Cubs observers, from Cubs fans, from folks breaking down this offseason with the anticipation of where things will go this year. And I've talked to a couple of folks off the record about this a little bit, too, just in the idea of where we're at right now in February with the roster isn't necessarily where we end up once the regular season begins. You know, they, they haven't even played a spring training game yet. Cody Bellinger, obviously the, the biggest and most anticipated move that the Cubs could end up making here. But it's not the only one. I don't believe it should be the only one. And I'm not at a point yet where I believe it will be the only one. I still believe in my mind's eye that it's more likely than not Cody Bellinger ends up back with the Cubs. Right now, I don't think either side is in the wrong. I don't think Cody Bellinger's in the wrong for, you know, kind of holding to his expectations at the moment because he really hadn't missed anything at this point, nothing of substance. And at the moment, I don't think necessarily the Cubs are in the wrong for holding to their negotiating position yet either. Just kind of like with the Bears and Jalen Johnson also, there's a point where, where that situation will potentially come to a head, where the rubber, rubber will meet the road there. But I don't think either side is in the wrong as of yet. Jalen Johnson performed at a level this past season that was well beyond where the initial sort of contract expectations were. So it would seem his contract expectations have gone up. He talked about it in the afternoons with Parkins and Spiegel. Cody Bellinger, former MVP, just had a season that now seemingly has reclaimed that status that he was at earlier in his career. There are so many metrics and all these different numbers where folks are saying, I'm, a, I'm not really sure we can expect him to continue being that guy. But last season, he was that guy. And so he now has the expectation of a certain contract status, and there's no reason for him to rush into it if he doesn't feel like the money is being made available to him. As the season actually approaches and we get closer and closer, and then there's, there's going to be more substantial time that's missed, then I'll be a little bit more concerned about it. But, you know, just like that time Dexter Fowler showed up out of nowhere and everybody was all happy about it, that could be the case with Cody Bellinger anytime over the next 48 hours, over the next week, and it's going to be just fine if it does happen at that point. So up till now, I'm cool being in wait-and-see mode. I, I feel better about, you know, Bellinger being added back to the mix than I do about where the Cubs are at with their staff right now. That, that's where I actually, from a Cubs perspective, have a little bit more concern, but yet and still, the idea of development and going out and hiring, you know, conversely to where, to where the Bears are at. The Bears still have an unproven head coach at Matt Eberflus. The Cubs have a guy who's done it at a high level, is viewed as, in baseball terms, viewed as one of the key developers of talent in this sport, and every organization in this city has struggled with developing talent. The Cubs' championship window was not extended because they didn't develop the likes of all those young guys and, and get the best out of them on a more extended basis than what they did while they were with the Cubs. The White Sox never even got into a championship window because all their young guys didn't develop it. Now they're back in the teardown mode overnight, and here we are still waiting, hoping, wanting the Bears to get a level of legitimate development going here, not just on defense but on the offensive side of the ball as well. And, man, I know I'm not going to put any money in the bucket to talk about the, the <laughs> occupiers of the United Center for what's happening with their, their development at this point. But So at least the Cubs have gotten that manager who is known for developing talent and getting the most out of his lineup, out of his staff. So I feel good about that, and that at least provides me some patience for a little bit of wait-and-see mode. Yeah, I guess I just, I just want to be greedy. I was being greedy for the Cubs Understandably fans. Understandably so. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, good manager, awesome. 
How about Milwaukee great, hadn't done anything. The Reds haven't done anything. Don't expect. I mean, the Cardinals, man, are, are the Cardinals about to enter a stage where they're going to be bad for a while? We, we've, we haven't seen that in our lifetime. So there's a window here that the Cubs can maybe seize. Like we thought last year there's maybe going to be a window the Bears could seize that it doesn't look like they're going to now. But if the Cubs want to go out and get this thing, it looks like there's a chance for them to do it. It does seem to me, though, that they're not just standing pat. They're making some moves. They're just not being, you know, kind of overly anxious about it yet. All right, and I know you went to the movies earlier today, and you caught the movie that I want to see. My wife and I were going to go see it on Saturday. Yeah. The new Bob Marley movie, One Love. And you had an, it, 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 it sparked some interesting thoughts about uh, the, the talents yes. in Chicago. Uh, we will discuss the movie, and we will also find out who you of all the athletes in Chicago, whose movie would you want to watch? Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Dead. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. You have their jerseys. On your walls, in your closets. But whose jersey would you like to see come to life in the form of a movie? That's what that's what thought came to Anthony Heron's head as he was watching a movie this afternoon with his wife at the theater, doing a little matinee action, huh? That's what, uh, when we get to this part of the year, when my schedule lightens up a little bit and I'm not prepping to call games on the weekends, even though I, I do, I got a game this weekend. I'm calling the HBCU Legacy Bowl. I'm going down to New Orleans this weekend for that one. I'm calling it for Sirius XM, the TV broadcast to be on NFL Network. We didn't even, we ran out of time. We were loving talking to so much NFL with Charles Davis. Didn't get a chance to plug that because he'll be on the NFL Network with Bucky, Bucky Brooks and Steve Weiss on Saturday calling it on TV. So I do, I have a, a television game bro, or a radio game broadcast to call this weekend. But that being said, we do, as we get to this part of the year, football season is over for the most part. And I do have some more time on my schedule. We try to make it out to many matinees, see many, many films. My wife and I are both cinephiles. We're movie buffs. We like to get out there and do that thing. That being said, I must admit, my, uh, my promise that was made as I was hitting you and Robbie up, letting you know what our plans were, my my plans for the afternoon took a took a little bit of a sharp turn because we're as you know we're in the the home buying process here 
some some paperwork things kind of came up. We're you know starting to get in negotiation mode here. So I did have to take a bit of a hard left turn uh, in the afternoon time. So we didn't. We haven't yet gone to see One Love. I am very ah, much looking forward to doing so. Disappointed in you. Uh, as you should be. As you should be. I'm disappointed in myself as well. We do plan to go see it. But the, the biopic is, is still on my mind, though. I, I do still plan to go see that. And it does still have me thinking quite a bit about kind of where we've been at uh, thematically, cinematically here in recent years. Think back to last year with Air. The It's really more of a Nike movie than a Michael Jordan movie. You really never even barely see the face of the actor who's portraying Michael Jordan. So that movie itself wasn't a Michael Jordan biopic, but I did enjoy the movie. I, I liked seeing, you know, the the backstory of everything that came together between Nike and MJ and and you know his his parents and especially his mother Dolores and how that was all portrayed. And of course, you know, it's it's Hollywooded up in that cinematic way that they tend to do, but in the end, I didn't know exactly what to expect going into the movie, especially already, you know, just growing up such a huge Jordan fan and feeling like I know so much of how all those things came together. But I did think they did a really effective job kind of putting that out there on screen. So I don't know, I wouldn't eliminate Michael Jordan as an option here from this conversation, but it does have me thinking a bit about through a Chicago sports lens, the biopics are going to keep rolling, man. Everybody's going to keep doing these and the athletes that they've been done about I think for the most part, Hollywood tries to do a pretty effective job when you get to biopics of really prominent athletes. Can't really think of many, though, that have been out there about a Chicago-based athlete. So I've been thinking here, who would be a Chicago-based athlete who spent a significant chunk of their athletic career representing one of these Chicago brands that we have here in the city and that would maybe make the best? Or who just, who would you? Gabriel Ramirez, who would you, Robbie Triano, who would anyone out there listening really love to see? And the the chief one, there's a lot of good options. Like I mentioned, I don't really view Air as a Michael Jordan biopic, so that could be viewed as a good option. But to me, the one that tops the list from an athlete who brought joy to millions of Chicago sports fans and really just sports fans all around the country, frankly, all around the world, when you think about it, and one whose story beyond his playing career is still really prominent. And then you could certainly do the rags to riches story of coming out of the Dominican Republic and what that was like for him as a kid and the way that some of the decisions he made during his playing career impacted not only his life but other lives in a positive way, but you could certainly showcase the fall from grace that was there as well. So out of any athlete, out of any prominent Chicago sports athlete I think of that you could make a really gripping biopic about, Sammy Sosa is the one to me that would make the best sort of made-for-TV movie for various reasons. I think baseball movies, any sports movies that get made, basketball movies I think tend to have a pretty good shot at being portrayed well. On the other end, football movies are really hard to make just because it's hard to choreograph football movies, like football play, and make it look realistic in, in a movie setting. But then baseball, I think there, there's not another sport that has as many great movies as baseball so you'd have the sport of baseball, which is fairly easy to depict on camera. And then also you have the storyline of Sammy Sosa, the roller coaster that was all the positive and all his ascension at the top and being one of the figures that saved the sport. 
and then the fall from grace that happens afterwards and everything he still means and the conversation that is still about Sammy Sosa here in Chicago, I think that'd be the best one I could come up with. Did you come up with one? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good one, Ant. I think the movie, I got a, I got a title for you. That mm-hmm. one's called Highlight. Okay. Just because he's gotten lighter over the years, you know what I'm saying? Right. He's just like boom, yeah. boom, and then like and the highlight. And that's a big of, part of his post-career storyline yeah, as well. It's like a quadruple yeah. entendre that could go right Right, there. right. I, I would go, I would stick with baseball. Okay. But mine would be a little less drama-filled. And well, why are you making a movie about it? Huh? Well, then why are you making a movie about it? Well, because you, you asked me. Drama. Well, because you asked me whose who's story I'd like to see. I'd like to okay, see you turn it into right, a movie. Right. I'm, I'm gonna listen. I'm, I, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm I would, gonna let you finish. I, I would say it'd be <laughs> Frank Thomas. Okay, all right. I just want to see, but see, but my movie with Frank Thomas because I love Frank Thomas so much. Uh huh. My all movie's right. more like a like Giannis Antetokounmpo has a movie on Disney right now really? about his his life. Yeah, it's actually really okay. good. It's good. It's good because I'm it glad explains, you told me that because I didn't even know it existed. But is is it like it's like a biopic, like showing yeah. him growing up in Greece and all yep. that kind of thing? Literally, all right. just that, like with his parents, okay. you know, arriving in Greece, you know, dealing with the struggles of having to, you know, you know, be a refugee, you know, mm-hmm. so go to go over there, to, all the things from the beginning, him not even him being in Greece, not even playing basketball, then playing basketball, then getting on a mm-hmm. team and making all those. So they had that, but it's it's the Disney version. It's the feel good. Okay. There's no yeah, drugs right. in there. You know what I mean? Nobody's. There's no <laughs> what, is, heart. Is Giannis on drugs? Are we breaking well, news here? Well, well I guess I'm more so saying you wanted drama with the Sammy Sosa story. Oh, I got you. So okay, I'm trying to. I got you. I'm trying to tell you the Giannis is clean. You <laughs> thought, know what I mean? Thought you let me know something yeah, else. I didn't yeah, know about the Greek yeah, freak. I was, I was <laughs> trying to trying to show you what I was thinking about. Greek with freak Frank out Thomas. here on that sticky icky. Yeah, I know. Oh, man, man, on that ooh wee. He's on that. He's on. He's the Greek freak. You know the real. No, but Frank Thomas. You know, you start at Auburn. You come to Chicago. You deal with some people. Lockout season. People think you're doing steroids. You're just a big guy. Right. Then the year that the White Sox win the World Series, you're like kind of on the team, but not really. It's like <laughs> a lot of drama, you know. Just so more so, just like a, uh, you know, just a little paying homage to a guy like Frank Thomas. Robbie, what you got over there? I think I have the winner. Um, he had a nice stay in Chicago. He won a couple championships. He was on the court. I think he has the most drama filled life of all time. Give me Dennis Rodman. I like it. I, we've seen the, too yeah. many of those already. Yeah, but we, I want like someone playing Dennis Rodman, like his evolution, uh, not yeah. just docu- like that. Yeah. That will be fire, and he's my favorite yeah. athlete. So give me Dennis Rodman. Could see I, that. I, I like that man because that one crossed my mind too. I, I like where Robbie went with it. And again, I guess going back to you know, it, it's Hollywood, man. We're making a movie. Got to have a little bit of drama in there. Got to have something to you know for, to keep the folks kind of in tune to draw them in to some sort of moment that Anthony Heron's think- like, if they're not hooked on heroin, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it is a an orgy, some some kind of wow. a sex party out there, some drugs, you gotta have something. I'm in some kind of fall from grace that's happening. You, you gotta have some kind of rated R. Yeah, exactly. What about At the Derek? PG-13. What about the Derek Rose story? That one seems to be the easy one, right? Fall from grace. You know, you leave your team, and then maybe the 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 ending of the movie is the fifty point game with Minnesota. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask then. What what is the comeback moment? Yeah. So that that's a good call. There, maybe the movie ends at that point then with with him sort of triumphantly back on the court, going off of yeah. fifty, and then that's where he just sort of rides off into the sunset. That'd be a good one. I wouldn't hate that. I All like right, that, going off of fifty. Yeah, that's is there going to be one about moment. Justin Fields? No. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl somewhere else, maybe it's be a short one. Short one, Robbie. It's going to be one of those little <laughs> mini clips. YouTube if he short. goes to the if he goes to the AFC and then beats Caleb Williams in a Super Bowl, they will make the Justin. Yeah, that's going on Quibi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Tubi. That's what it is. Let's go to Lewis real quick. Lewis, 
Who uh, would your movie be about? Which Chicago athlete? Uh, Walter Payton. Okay. I think it'd be kind of like the uh, like a Rocky movie because he uh, he was on the Bears for all those years and not winning and finally winning the Super Bowl. That's a great one. It's a yeah. great way to put it. I'd watch that. Back no to doubt, back. man. And, and what he meant to the league, what he meant to the city, and still having the award named after him at this point, and you know, of course, the you know the tragic demise that happens later in life when he still is just sort of riding high and at the top of his world. So I think there's yeah. there's a lot that kind of suits the what he was as an athlete, and the greatness that that he played with, and kind of what he meant from a branding perspective, being sweetness, and then the '85 Bears where he finally gets to be a part of a great team later in his career. And then also, you can make a really big moment in a Hollywood movie about the fridge getting to score that touchdown in the Super Bowl as opposed to sweetness and him apparently being really upset about it in the locker room, Mike Ditka feeling bad about it afterwards and being apologetic later on. So there's a lot you could make out of the, the life and times, the storyline of Walter Payton, especially coming out of HBCU football and everything else. That's a good one. I like that call. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all, Ant. Uh, before we go to break, I do have to mention a couple of things. First and foremost, Ant, stop saying I'm 53 years old. I got my friends actually How texting old are me. You, man? I got people low key tech, not low key. How old are you? High key. I am not 53. I'll tell you that. Somebody says, you're bro. Tell me what you're not. Somebody you're not says, telling me what you are. My, my boy Omar Ramos from. Univision texts me and he's like, bro, you can't be 53 years, are you? And I said, dude, <laughs> of course not. He's joking. Really good skincare. <laughs> bro, I got people out here. You know what it is? Because he's Latino and he looks young for his age. So I'm sure he's out here thinking like, damn, we do look good for right. our age. I'm like, no, right. no, we don't. I am younger than you, sir. I look a lot younger. Oh, all right, we'll do it. One more break left. I uh, might circle back on that Jerry Reinsdorf audio and uh, wrap this whole thing up, all right? He's Anthony Heron. NFL veteran, all-around good guy. I am Gabe Ramirez, the Swiss Army Knife here, not the khaki pants of 670 <laughs> score. Pants. And we'll be back after this. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And I know you were, Anthony and I did the show yesterday together, 2 to 6 p.m. here on 670 The Score. And I know... Even though you didn't ask me this whole time, you were curious yeah. whether or not my car got towed oh. from Michigan Avenue yesterday. Right, yes. Very intrigued. Nope. <laughs> okay. So you were right. Well, did you get lucky or were you right about parking on the holiday? I think I was right because I was the only car there still. <laughs> but I was smart enough to park right. Like I was smart enough to park right by the sign that right. said it was okay for me to park here. Like I didn't wasn't yeah. like deboing the whole street. Uh, but I, I did that, so that, that felt that felt good yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. What I hate is when I'm out there, and either if I don't remember to load the app, or if I load the app and uh, let it run out, and I forget to to reload it afterwards, and I got to go home. I got the big orange ticket sitting there waiting on the windshield. I walk in the door, and the wife's like, "Wait a minute." You promised me you're going to load up the parking thing. You always forget. Because I, I had a streak going where I would forget to load up the parking app a lot when I would go park places in this city. I've been better about it lately, though. But it, part of it is just that I get lucky. Sometimes they don't nab me when I'm out there and I forget to load up the app. And I think that when you don't load up the app, it's like I have a big gripe when it comes to the app, Ant. And it is that there is no function on the app to then end your session early and get some of your money back. Okay. Yeah, if never you, thought about that. Right, because right. here's the thing. 
Like, if you go to park downtown, you can't park for less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't put in 15 minutes right. downtown. Yeah. But, 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 but what do you mean? So I can't, so I have a, I can only put in 30 minutes, but I can't click a button. But you're not smart enough to put a button that lets me end the thing early. I got to pay 35 cents extra for mm-hmm. every session that isn't two hours long. But you can't then do me the solid of letting me end my thing early to get a dollar back. Ow. I know you and I, especially you, are old enough to remember what parking meters were like. Now, Robbie Triano being 19, he, he wouldn't really know this. But there was a time, there was a period where you had to put legit money in there where you couldn't just download an app, where you, know, you couldn't just go out there and swipe a, right. a credit card. Right, right, right. You had to have some change in your pocket and put it in the machine. Now, I'm with the suggestion you're making, but historically, like if you put a couple of quarters in there and it got you X amount of time on the parking meter back in the day, they weren't like going to give you change if you were leaving the spot early either. So that part isn't necessarily new, although it would be nice. It would be fair on the city's part if they actually made that an option. And come on, you're talking about a non-technology time where people right. are putting in quarters and then you're saying, I'm they, speaking in analog terms. We're in a different yeah, era. Yeah, uh, all the technology caught up. There's buttons. <laughs> it takes nothing to put an extra button on the thing. You already got my bank information. You can take as much out as you want. Just uh, leave a couple dollars in there. I don't want to spend seven fifty. Don't get me started. Anyway, doesn't feel like it'd be the good thing. Is this no. Ant, that by Kaiser Tiger? There is free parking. This I do know. Why? Because I've been there more times than I'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. And BetMGM and 670 The Score are honoring Hall of Famer Chris Chelios' career and retirement of his number seven jersey this Sunday. And Mullion Hall, they will be broadcasting live at Kaiser <sighs> Tiger from 12 to 3. The show is expected to feature a visit from the man of the hour, Chris Chelios, and other special guests. So come by, say hello before going to the game. Again, that's this Sunday, 12 to 3, Kaiser Tiger, right there on Randolph and Ogden next to the United Center. Speaking of things that are outdated, addresses, it's Google now, right? Like, why am I saying 1415 West Randolph? No one ever is going to jot that down (laughs) or remember it. What they will remember is Kaiser Tiger, and they will Google that and figure out how to get there. But BetMGM is also celebrating by offering a $7 bonus bet to all customers in Illinois. BetMGM, the king of sports books. I think they should Yahoo it. That's what I would do if I was them. You want to know what gives away my age, and MSN it? That I have a Yahoo account. Look at you. Okay. There you go. I mean, I got a Hotmail account, so you know I'm a Oh, see? That's what I try to tell you. That's why you don't know who NSYNC is, because you got a Hotmail account there, buddy. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the one good story about my dad. My dad had an AOL account. Okay. And I just remember, you know, wanting to get on, do my own thing, but he wouldn't let me have my account. But he was, but, but you know, technology was new. AOL was new. So, you know, young kids always can figure out things quicker than the parents can. So I ended up creating the account. My dad's name was, or handle was Will Rock You. Ooh. Um, right. His name's Willie. My mom's name's Rocky. Yeah. Will Rock You. He thought it was cool. And Did I created, no, I created <laughs> Will Rock You 2, the number. Two. And for like forever, he never, never, ever found out that I had my own separate account. <laughs> So I was like, it's, you know, whatever grade I was in, uh, child, right. and trying to jump on AOL and jump in a chat room. And then uh, little did he know, Pops, guess you got, guess you figured out now, you know, what your kid's been doing. All right, let's thank our guests for today. Shout out to chat rooms. You know, I got to be honest, low key, they were a fun place before they got creepy. I bet they were. They were a fun place. All right. I uh, want to thank Rhett Lewis. 
fantastic job today. Thanks to Nicole Auerbach and then, of course, Evan Altman for hanging out today. Want to thank our producer, Robbie Triano. We're locked in on Detroit. Oh, dude, don't. uh, I might not be calling for you to give clips if you're going to be throwing Detroit stuff in there. Brandon Fryer had the best producer clip I've ever heard. I wish we, I can't wait. And it was basically like, man, I just get paid to be here. But it was long, yeah. though. It was long. Yeah. And it was like, why are you asking me about why I'm here? I told you already. It's because I need this paid. Like, it was so funny. Yeah. It was great. And a pleasure working with you as always, man. Gabriel, vamos. Let's do it, man. All right, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, which will be tomorrow, 6 p.m. here on 670 The Score. I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Anthony Heron. This is Chicago Sports Radio. 670 to score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.